We good? We're good. Good morning, yeah. Chad. Morning, Cameron. I want to play a game. Okay. Let's play a game where we say something that would make the FBI go, "Oof, that's not good." I'm okay. gonna go first. Let, well, let me let me get out of the um, let me get out of bed first. <laughs> okay. Okay. I I really want to shoot up a school just to see what it's like. <laughs> now you go. Um. I I just got back from China. <laughs> there, that's this game. We played it. That's a fun game. We should do yeah. this every week and send it to our employers. I, I like that. Like, hey, Dan, guess what I say publicly? <laughs> this is against the handbook. There's no Maybe. handbook in in my house. There's that's no handbook thing. in hand job. What? What's uh? What's the deal with airline food? <laughs> Especially the stuff coming back from China. Yuckety smackety do. Still tastes better than the stuff they serve on Kobe's helicopter. Oh no. This <laughs> this show took a downward spiral. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So I'm gonna make a note here to cut all of this right here. There it is. Okay. Aww. Take two. Good morning. Uh, Good morning, Chad. Good morning, Cameron. How are you? Okay. We so we we made a promise last week that we we're going to talk about Star Wars, right? We did. So I like how for the first twenty minutes of our we have like a pre-show warm-up. We only talked about Star Trek. Yeah, which was way better than what we're about to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I. I, I want to say this too. I hope everyone like enjoys these little thought exercises, but more than that, I hope that you guys actually like participate because it's really fun to think about like, well, how would I have written a story or how would I have chained things? And, uh, you know, thinking about this one, like actually critically thinking about how I would write the story. The hardest part is the idea that this has to be the finale to the trilogy. Yeah. I think I came up with, like, five different movies, but none of them actually serve the purpose of, like, a finale. It was just fun to think about what I would do with these characters. And that's the thing, right? Because I feel like when I was approaching this idea as how would I rewrite Rise of the Skywalker, my first question was, do I keep Palpatine or do I get rid of him? Yeah, that was my biggest question. <laughs> because if you get rid of him, you have to rewrite the entire fucking movie. Well, you know... I I have a lot more fun rewriting the entire movie, but at the same time, th this is my this is maybe <coughs> my one like big critique with Last Jedi is that it does nothing for the trilogy, right? Like it doesn't set up anything, and I don't understand the character motivations. So no matter what I did, it's like, well, I have to, I have to spend time explaining why a character would do something, so that we can resolve it. Yeah, I feel like the the Last Jedi is a really it's almost like a better standalone movie. It than is. It is anything else? It really, it really should have been its own movie. That maybe they could have called it Star Wars Resistance or Star Wars um, Oath to the Resistance, and they could have like done things like maybe given Holdo a stronger character 
so that you kind of understand where they're coming from instead of framing her as a potential villain. Sure. Yeah, it's like I feel like they they had so many interesting concepts that they could have focused more on if they didn't waste time with characters that were there only because they were in the first movie. Yeah, I can see that. At the same time, I really there's some things in that movie I really like that obviously involve the characters from the first movie. I I like Kylo Ren's kind of continuing like it seems like he's growing into something in the last jedi and you're not entirely sure what but it really kickstarts that um and then her his fight with uh ray when they're going up against them like red uh troopers with did star wars kung fu or whatever it was Paris a great Kasai. action scene yeah and so it's like okay well these are things i like so we have to keep those going forward you know how do we incorporate that shit and the la- one of the things I don't like about Rise is that it almost double it goes back on that. Like he he breaks his helmet and then he's like helmetless throughout most of of the Last Jedi, or at least enough of it. Like there's symbol symbolism in him like not repairing his helmet, and then in fucking Rise, the first thing he does is repairs his fucking helmet. And it's well, like, it, oh, so we're going backwards. Yeah, but and it's more than just the symbolism; it's literal progress. And they revert it, and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, why? <laughs> I I get that maybe not everyone liked Last Jedi. But really, like, why go to such lengths to undo the movie? Yeah, it's Because uh, it, it is the other thing. I'm still upset that they just magically fixed Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. Like, it that was broken, wasn't it? it? Oh, it blows up. And it almost looks like the Kyber crystal itself shattered. Like, it's hard to tell, but it's like, whoa, that is gone. And then they're like, no, 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 that didn't happen. I, I can't ride around it. We need it. It's like, you don't need it. No, we, we should have it. Yeah. And then uh, where'd she get the fucking orange one at the end? And why is it orange? Oh, that's important. That's stupid. No, orange is the color of the, uh... Well, really, it's yellow, but the yellow is the color of, like, the, the Jedi guards that, like, uphold the temples, and they're, like, the guardians of the Jedi way. Oh. So there's important symbology there. If you played Knights of the Old Republic 2 on PC... I did not. And read the comic books... Also, no. And read the the update uh, Disney-approved Marvel comic books. Sean Luke read those. And played the, the VR game. Did you play the VR experience with Darth Vader? I, I did not. Because that literally ties into Rise of Skywalker. And there's elements in the movie that you won't understand if you didn't play the Oculus Rift exclusive three-part Darth Vader VR series. I hate all of this. Star Wars is dumb. Hey, Fortnite fans. I hope you enjoyed that exclusive quote from the Emperor that you will not hear in the movie. But it's integral to understand the plot of the movie. So, let's <clears> pretend if we're gonna okay, let's if we're gonna approach this to rewrite it, and we're not gonna include the emperor because I, I I like the idea of him not coming back, um, just because I feel like he's had his thing, and Kylo's a way more interesting villain, and I like the idea of of Kylo still looking for this place that the emperor was on this uh this Sith homeworld right like. And in, in him gathering this this crystal thing that let, directs him there so he can go there. And so you can open on him killing some people or whatever. I would like an actual explanation of where he is because I had to get that from you and comic books and other things that there's plot relevance to this planet he's on and the people he's killing and they worship Darth Vader as a cultist. And, like, that's actually kind of cool. I can dig that. We can work with that, right? Like, go into that. Make that a thing. Yeah, you love Darth Vader's castle, don't you? I mean, it's stupid, but if we're going to have it, let's go with it. <laughs> we we can work with it, right? Like, we, we can make this neat. And I'd actually like to see the inside of it. Like, if it, if we're going to say Darth Vader had a castle, 
show me the castle, give me some gothic horror shit in this Darth Vader castle. There's a Rancor walking around and Wednesday's there for all I give a fuck. Yeah, but we saw that in Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I hate that movie, though. It's stupid. Anyways, I like the idea of Kylo trying to find this place and the war still going on, but the whole thing of, uh, of part two was his, like, you need to let the past die. He said that a lot, he said that a lot, and it seemed like a really good motivation for the guy who basically killed his parents and wants to maybe forget. So it works. And to me, his arc in this movie would be, he wants to destroy the rebel army, but he wants to destroy his own army too, and literally just clean the slate of, like, this galaxy. We get rid of both political powers. We're literally killing the past because there's all that's been is just these two fighting, it seems like. Let's start completely over. So he becomes like almost like an anarchist. And you don't know that until later on. And so <clears throat> from the perspective of the rebels, he's the bad guy and he's they're they're fighting on his behalf. And so you have um that one dumbass that turned out to betray them, I can't remember what his name is. You know, leading these charges against the rebels and there's this big fight going on and there's space fights and they're competing for territory. But then you have him trying to find a Sith army that he's ultimately going to use to, like, destroy his own army and then, you know, com- basically fuck everything up. And he's that, like, unstable character, but he thinks he's doing the right thing. I don't know how that treats you. Oh, no, that works. Is Now, th- this is very interesting, though. This is your thought process so far, right? Yes. With mine, almost all of mine focus heavily on Kylo. He's the most interesting character. Well, he, I feel like he's also the only one that has consistent, like, relative progress. I yeah. I like what they do with Rey when they introduce her in Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. I like what she kind of struggles with in Last Jedi. But I feel like there's not a super strong, like, through line where I don't, right. I don't know what what she actually needs to to feel like an impactful finale. I'm trying to remember what she really did in the second movie. I know she trains with Luke, and Luke rebuffs her because he doesn't want to have a repeat of Kylo. But ultimately, she gets the training. She becomes a Jedi, gets a lightsaber. Um, well, I mean, what I liked in that one was how she's like she's really insistent that she wants to learn. And she's also, like, really stupid. It's mm-hmm. like she doesn't really... She doesn't begin to understand what the Force really is. And she's in these, like, baby steps of actually, like, mastering it. When she just keeps immediately falling to the dark side. And I feel like those are seeds that are planted that could lead to an interesting story. And then she's never actually tempted. Yeah, and I almost think we'd almost have to go that way, right? Like, I like her... <clears throat> The, the idea of tempting to the dark side has been in all the Star Wars movies, and the cell has always been really shit. Like, Vader going, Luke, come to the dark side, we can rule the galaxy. Luke clearly doesn't want to rule the galaxy, and Vader is a space fascist. He's the bad guy. Like, that, that isn't... No one's going to take that. And then in the, 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 the prequels, I feel like it's kind of the same thing. It's just Anakin's a dumbass. Like, not, like the invite isn't something that seems like logically makes sense. Hey, go kill a bunch of children for me, and then we can rule the galaxy. It's like, okay, boss. And so, if Kylo is trying to tempt Rey to the dark side, or at least to his side, because I don't know if I consider his side to be completely dark, if he's... I mean, he's going to kill a shitload of people, but he's not, like, trying to rule the galaxy. He's basically trying to, like, free it from the bullshit. 
And I think there's at least a way to tempt using that as a philosophy that makes more sense, where it's, we're not going to rule everybody, we're going to free them, we're going to let them rule themselves, and if shit goes wrong, well, at least they have free choice now, we're not, we're not space fascists, we're, we're anarchists. So the, the, the big thing to solve is how do you tempt a character to the dark side and not make the dark side seem completely fucking evil? So, I guess my question is, what... Has Ray seen anything actually evil? I almost think that Ray's problem is the same problem that goes through my current book, where it's like a lot of action, but you're not like... None of it's concrete. You're fighting these faceless things that are trying to kill you, so you fight back. Um, because you have this, you know, sur- for survival instinct. And she knows Kylo, but she doesn't really know any of the other bad guys. And <clears throat> Kylo's so unstable that it's really hard to get, like, his motives. And so... I mean, from her perspective, she's told what the bad, what the, the, the bad guys. I can't remember what they're actually called. Well, exactly. She's told that the dark side is bad, but in an objective sense, I don't think she's actually exposed to anything in the dark side that is like scary to her. You know what I right. mean? Like, I, I feel like <laughs> she, like Luke, gets scared how easily that she just like walks to it. And then she goes ahead and goes to that dark side place on the island and walks away completely unscathed. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, it was just, it was hollow. I just, I'll never get my dreams. But that just leads her to Kylo with optimism. I feel like right. it would be really easy to write her into falling to the dark side just because she doesn't really have a lot of reason not to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's doubly weird that they, they said that she's, uh, a Palpatine. That's why she has electric powers. Even though electric powers aren't genetic, they're trained. But that's a nitpick. It's like, oh, you are Palpatine. You're gonna become dark. And she's like, no, I don't want to. And then she like literally never gets close to becoming dark. And it's like, okay, why, why bother? <laughs> the problem is, is like, okay, so this is like a tentpole big blockbuster movie. So she has to be tempted, but she can't actually go there because even while that might be fun. A general audience doesn't want negative character progression from their giant blockbuster popcorn movies. They want to be, you know, spoon-fed fun stuff, and then they can go away and be like, that was certainly fun. Um, so, I mean, this is like the action sequence I see. She's leading a fight. On, there's a First Order-controlled planet, and they're like, Resistance, we need your help. And she's like, Ray, go save them. And so the Resistance shows up, but she's like, I have to fight. And then, oh no, they brought out the their ATMOs. The new toy that they're going to sell. We have to stop the ATMOs. And then she pulls out her double-bladed blue lightsaber. And she says, I'm the Jedi that trained with Luke Skywalker. And I will save you. And then she like runs toward the giant robot. And then she like ignites the lightsaber with lightning. And slings it around. And is like throwing lightning blades. That'd be fucking cool to watch. It I would be a spectacle. Like... You could yeah. put that in the trailer. But also, you the viewer know that lightning is bad. Mm-hmm. But she's just like, look what I can do. And she's like using this destructive energy to win the war. And she gets swept up with the idea of we can win the war. We can we can stop all the bad guys with force. And then that's sure. basically a lesson that she has to overcome and learn. And that'll be her arc of this movie. I kind of like that. It, right? it makes sense because if she's getting power from the second movie, but she doesn't really know how to use it or what the responsible way to use it is, her going overboard 
would be good. And at first you think this is cool because she's killing stormtroopers and all the bad guys. And you're like, oh man, Ray's fucking stuff up and it looks awesome. But then all of a sudden it's you know, maybe hedging a little too close to like war crimes. And you're like, hmm, maybe you need to dial this back a bit. And now we have to teach her a lesson. Meanwhile, Kylo is like, no, this is the whole point. We can substantial make some substantive changes to... I've been drinking, everybody. I'm sorry. Changes to the, to the galaxy. Like, we have this power for a reason. And, you know, maybe elevate her a bit. Plus, she's going to be tempted, because if we remove the Palpatine thing and don't have him in this, then she's still got that, like, I'm literally nobody. Now you have to make yourself into somebody, and that could be, like, a thing she's trying to do as well. You know what? I want to back up a little bit. Um, is this your pitch? I guess. What, I want to remind the audience of what our rules were. Oh, yeah, we had rules. So, um, rule number one was have fun. Rule number two was me and you. Rule number three was you and me all the way to victory. Rule four, um, The Last Jedi came out. Rule five, Carrie Fisher has to be in it. Rule six, Rise of Skywalker is the title. And then rule seven is we're assuming like a reduced budget. So, I guess I want to ask you, where would you put Carrie Fisher in? So, one of the reasons why I like the idea of um, there being almost like this proxy war while Kyle do- Kylo does his thing, and so like the- his generals are still fighting the rebels on behalf of Kylo, who's like, I gotta go find some Sith shit that are gonna help us, is then we can have a lot of the scenes of like Carrie Fisher giving people those rousing speeches of like, we can do this, we have to, we have no choice. And you can still, like, keep those in there if you have an army fighting another army. Because that's largely all she did in the movie, Mm -hmm. because that's all the footage they had. And she can give Rey some pep talks. Like, it's still... You can still insert that and just change the context around it. As long as there's big battles going on somewhere. And how about the Skywalker part? See, the thing with the end of The Rise of Skywalker is I actually really like that ending where she calls herself a Skywalker. She finds herself, she goes, I'm going to take the name I choose to take, and that's going to be this one, because I respect this person. And so I like the idea of her, like, coming into that and basically keeping that final scene intact. You know, she can bury the lightsabers, and she can, you know, have this uh, moment at the end, and Stranger's like, who are you? And she's like, oh, I guess I'm Skywalker now, because that's who I want to be, and that's who I want to emulate. Uh... That's, I mean, that's all there was in the freaking movie anyways, right? Like, built up to that scene, I feel like so, we could build up to that same one just in a different way. I don't, I didn't like the scene because there was no build up to it. Like, it's completely out of nowhere that she just decides to name herself Skywalker. I think the scene itself is fine, but there would have to be something that makes her actually say that. I feel like there was probably something in an original script <laughs> with her, like, grappling with being a Palpatine, and then they just cut it for time. So, okay, here's my version. Uh, the Falcon's coming into Tatooine. You see it fly in. It uh, it lands in a kind of familiar-looking spaceport there. And um, and she walks out with BBA, and the, the clerk there is like, is like okay, um, you're parking here? And she's like, yeah. He's like, okay, uh, you need to fill out some paperwork. Um, what's your name? And she'll say Ray. It's like, okay, Ray who? And she'll, she'll look at BBA and look back at the guys. Just Ray. Well, um, I need a name, so Ray Solo. And then she'll go, no, um, Ray Skywalker. And then he'll go, okay. 
and he'll type it in a thing, and then he'll print out a little like California State driver's license, and it says Ray Solo, <laughs> and it just looks in the camera, and then a si- circle wipe to the credits. <laughs> that works too. Here's my question for you, because I feel like Kylo and Ray are almost easier to work with. Kylo because he's actually has like a progression he's making, and Ray because there's enough open stuff that you can just kind of make shit up and maybe do a good job. But uh, Rose and Finn and Poe are the three hard ones, because I don't know what to do with any of them. I don't like Poe at all. I like Rose okay. and Finn a lot. That's funny. I feel I really like Poe. His purpose was the first half of Force Awakens, and I don't know why they gave him so much like important moments in Last Jedi. Right. I think that it's not hard to use him... But he would be like Lando in 6, where he's there, but it's not like he's super important. And he could be like, he could be helping out, like he could be flying the Falcon and or, or whatever with Chewbacca. And it's like, hey, it's Poe, he's going to help out, but don't make him like the leader of the Resistance. And that's an easy fix. Yeah. Like, not too much pressure, but he's present. I feel like... Because Rose got really shafted in this movie, where she's got, like, three fucking scenes. That's, she was, like, a, a big deal in the second movie. That, and that's beyond silly. I <laughs> I would have just 100% ignored the the non-criticisms. Yeah. I think there are legitimate criticisms, but it's the writing. Because it's a little weird that, like, Finn was literally, like, a child soldier that was abducted. And he's forced to fight to the death. And then they're they're using their binoculars to look at slave children, and she's like, "Let's save those horses." Finn, you're stupid for not liking the the good things, and he's like, "Boy, I am stupid." <laughs> and it's just it's a little weird, but that's the script. I don't think there's anything actually wrong with the character. No, and it I like I like what they're trying to do with her and and Finn in the Last Jedi as far as like the politics of war and like there's so much more that goes on when two sides are in a conflict than just what you see. And I think that's really good. I don't know if you continue that with those two, or if you go, okay, we covered that, now we have to do something new with them. Oh, I wouldn't... I wouldn't force it, but I think that there's a reality that the story could actually support it. So as long as there's support, I think that theme could go on. Okay, yeah. So I guess let me ask you this: How would you how would you like end it? What's the big climax of your story? So <clears throat> that's another thing is I really like the climax of Rise of Skywalker, just in terms of sheer spectacle. There's a fuckload of star destroyers that can all blow up planets, and they're fighting them. And there's a specific way to destroy them, but it's really hard, and it's not working. And the Emperor does his Force lightning and starts fucking all of them up, and that's cool. And then the, the ragtag ships show up because of Lando, and then they, they succeed, right? They save the day. Like, that whole climax is really cool. So I'm wondering how you preserve some of the beats of that, because I like the visual of, like, a fleet of Star Destroyers. I know some people are like, well, who made those? That's dumb. And it's like, I don't give a fuck. It's magic. But it looks awesome, and the, the threat is super visible, and I want to keep that. Like, Kylo going to this planet and finding an army that he could use or, or some means to, to destroy and start over and actually having access to that and then the ray fighting him maybe for the final fight is to me what i would want and i don't know who starts shooting force lightning it's one or the other or it could be both maybe they're shooting force lightning at each other and it's killing all the ships 
I don't know if that's useful, what I just said, but that's... I'm trying to figure out what I want to preserve, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I guess what I was really trying to do was not preserve any of it. Okay. And it's like, if I, could, if I was going in blind, what would I have done? And trying to lift as little as possible, I guess. Hmm. That's really hard, then, because I have absolutely no idea how this movie should end. Other than it needs to be big because it's the third one, but if we're going with the idea that maybe there's a smaller budget... I don't I don't know what we do. So should I just should I take my turn? Yes. Okay. At some Did point you... I might need to get more liquor. Uh actually that's a pretty good idea. Did you see that picture I sent you? Uh yes. It's I don't a... know how it's relevant, but it's funny. It it's it's Anakin when he has the like the little fork and knife, but they replaced the fork and knife with little miniature lightsabers. And he's using it to cut the little youngling on his plate. Yeah. It's so funny looking. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good Photoshop. I dig it. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's good to laugh. It it really is. Okay. I literally I I started writing a script. Like I I wrote words. Jeez, good, you you put more effort in this than I did. What's a good thing that counts words? Does WordPad do it? I know Microsoft Word does. I don't have Microsoft Word. Oh, WordPad probably will. Uh, WordPad isn't, unless there's like an option. You can send it to me real quick, and I can throw it in Word. <laughs> um. Okay, if I save this, <laughs> this is so stupid. I'm stupid. Why do I do things? How many pages is it? Ballpark. I don't know. It's God formatted it. poorly and in an email. You're, you're my friend. Here's a question I, for you while we're waiting on this. Are you, are you emailing this to me? Yeah, I, I I emailed it to myself off of my phone. Oh, Alex just said he sent in an email question. Okay, you know what? That's a good break in between our, our episodes. Let me bring that up right now. Opinionsarecheap at gmail.com. This is 1,995 words, almost 2,000 words. I'm sorry, what was that? This is almost 2,000 words. I'm sorry. Which is about the length of the short stories I typically write for those writing challenges I do. Now, this was two different ideas, and then also that Ray joke from the ending. <laughs> um, okay, so I got we actually have two emails. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, Jean-Luc writes, Cameron, thank you so much for dunking on TV tropes on the last episode. I hate that surface-level shit. I do too, Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc would hate that service level. I like TV tropes a lot. I think I, well, there's right and wrong ways to use that site, though. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I think you can you can have fun with it, and you can point out patterns. It's when, when you cite that as your critique of a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, that's That's the problem. <clears throat> okay, uh, Alex writes, Greetings, Cameron and Chadron. I have been aiming to write more, but the war is long, and I fear I have little time. He also writes... As someone whose first episode of Opinions Are Cheap was the one where you wrote your own Last Jedi script, I was excited to hear that you are doing the same for Rise of Skywalker this week. That's topical! Uh, to that end, I have a question for the both of you. What is your relationship with Star Wars like, and how has it fluctuated over the years? Also, Chad, please put Jar Jar in your story. Oh, fuck, I should put Jar Jar in my... Would he still be alive? How long do Gungans live? I don't know. Alex died. <laughs> says here, uh, he never finished this email because he succumbed from injuries sustained in the Star War. 
And you can check out the GoFundMe for his dog at thecomicspodcast.com. I'm sorry, Alex. Oh, Alex is a delight. That reminds um, me of an actual letter I wrote Travis when he uh, went and joined the army and he was in, like, boot camp. I wrote it like this, like, old 1940s. Like, I was like, my dearest Travis, the war is rough on everyone. You know, and, like, I spit, like, the whole letter like that. It was fucking dumb as hell. And I have no idea if he liked it or not, honestly. I never asked him. That was a shitty story, but I did it. It was funny. Well, I, I want to talk about Alex's question. So what okay. is your relationship with Star Wars? Um. Okay. It's fairly non-committal, I guess. Like, I liked Star Wars a lot when I was a kid. You know, elementary school, middle school. I remember arguing on the playground with some people, you know, Star Wars better than Star Trek and who had the better weaponry. Could the Borgs fight off the Death Star and all that dumb shit? But I, I feel like I pretty quickly fell off it as I hit high school, and I don't know if it was just because there was a bigger lull in movies, and so there's nothing to keep me going, or or what. But at a certain point, I, I pretty much stopped giving a shit about Star Wars, and then Disney bought it, and it started coming back. And I watch it because I, I don't hate Star Wars. I, th- I think the movies are fun, but I don't love Star Wars. I don't play the video games. I don't read the books or the comics or anything like that. I just... I enjoy the movies, and then I don't watch them again. I've only seen the new ones once, and I really don't have a need to see them again. That's my relationship to Star Wars. Star Wars? Uh, I want to say Star Wars defines everything I like outside of comedy. That's a lot to unpack. Um, Star Wars is, is like a consistent joy in my life. I don't worship it and when a bad movie comes out it's like well i didn't enjoy that one and i don't cry about it so i like star wars i think i can say i'm a star wars fan because i know there's a lot of people out there that will say they're a star wars fan and then rant about every single thing they hate about it and how it hasn't been good since the 80s and it's like maybe you just don't like it stop watching it i mean we've had that conversation before right like i feel like i'm a bigger star wars fan than most star wars fans because i like more star wars movies than most star wars fans you're you're a fan of it you can watch one and go oh i enjoyed that and the the quote-unquote real fans they understand the the implications of that um i went to disneyland for star wars land when they didn't even have all the rides out yet just just i wanted to sit on a bench sure it's like, if I just sit somewhere and see a stormtrooper walk by, I'll feel happy. Like, that's literally all it takes to make me happy. There you go. And I, you know what? I can see the joy in that. Like, stormtroopers are cool, and you're just, like, in the environment and paying a lot of money for food. Yeah. I can I can quote a lot of the movies. I can, um, I can hum a lot of tunes. What's your favorite Star Wars tune, Chad? I don't know. Probably the Darth Vader one. I like, um... It's the only one I can think of off the top of my head that I actually know the melody to. <laughs> I feel like Duel of Fates is so good, but it's also a little overrated, but it's also really, really good. Um, Whatever the one plays when Anakin and Obi-Wan are fighting, I really love that one. I feel like that's pretty deep. Um, Do you remember that one? No. That's the one that one no um i like general grievous's theme and it's bizarre his theme is so good and it's like he doesn't do anything the whole movie and there's no use for it they play it 
they play it like while a spaceship is landing and like and he's like talking to people and he says i'm going to give you orders now and they go oh i don't know and like nothing happens <laughs> like i don't know he has this cool war march with like the choir backing it up and it's like this is the droid general he is the general of the entire droid army and here's this amazing war theme and it's so like operatic and deep and he's literally just standing at a conference table and then obi-wan sneaks up behind him and then they don't play the theme while he fights obi-wan it's like what <laughs> uh, it sounds like the prequels they're 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 imperfect they are I honestly, okay, I really don't like the second and third prequels. I think Phantom Menace is fun. There's there's things I like about that. <sighs> Phantom Despite... Menace had a lot more practical effects, too. That, and that's one of the reasons why I like it more. I feel yeah. like it still visually just holds up. Now, Grievous looked good. Grievous looked good. I love Matthew Wood. He did a great job voicing the character. Um, They also, like, they don't do anything with the character. And it's weird because they had, like, a mock-up of the design... And they gave it to the, what's his name that did Samurai Jack? And they're like, hey, put him in the cartoon. We're going to introduce him in the cartoon. And the guy's like, what does he do? He's like, well, he's a droid general. And that was the direction they gave him. So he's like, okay, well, what would this guy be doing? Like, he should he should be on the front lines leading the droid army. And they're, like, brainstorming and stuff. So they put it in the cartoon, and he is so threatening. Like, he kills, like, four Jedi. Like, nothing. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> and then, <laughs> apparently, they aired that cartoon. And like when George Lucas saw it, he was like, "Oh, that was that was cool. We should have put that in the movie." But yeah. they didn't like they didn't write anything for the character to do. <laughs> to me, the, the the two real bad movies are the second and the third one, of the prequel trilogy, and that's largely because I can't remember a fucking thing that happens in like either of them. They're just horribly forgettable. And then Rogue One's not great either, but the last like half hour of it's pretty awesome, and so. There's almost a reason to get to the end, and so it's like, there's two bad ones, and then like two mediocre ones, and then the rest are pretty good to some extent, is how I yeah, view them. Yeah, I like, in Rogue One, once they assemble the team and have a goal, that section of the movie is good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh no, you should have made a movie about that, since that we, you told us that's what the movie was going to be about anyways. I would have watched it, that. It just like jerks off for like an hour, and then it gets better. And you're just like, Did make it an hour shorter. Doesn't need to be two hours long. Galaxy's Edge. Why don't I edge my galaxy? Oh, yeah. Boop, boop, boop. Almost there. I sent you, because we were talking about Star Wars music, I sent you uh, Breaking Benjamin. They do a, a rendition of the Imperial March live. That's pretty cool. Um, no one probably cares, but I thought it was neat. I remember seeing them when they did this, and I was like, this is fucking cool as shit. I like this band. So I sent you that, and then... I don't know if you want to watch that real quick, but I might throw a little more whiskey in this glass. Okay. This so is actually right really back. cool. This is good.
I sent uh, no, I sent you the wrong one. Click on that second one. Okie dokie. Ooh, it's Gravers. Oh, this is the the song. Oh, these are cool players. Yeah, I mean, somebody like earns their paycheck making this, right? Like, this is—it's intense. It's—it's it's, uh, spooky. It's got it, gravitas. You know, it's got all the things it needs to. It also captures the character. He's so like—he's scary and creepy, but he's also this like large monster with four arms. Yeah. And each of the arms is a lightsaber, and he's a known Jedi killer. And so when it comes in with that deep tuba, it was like doom, 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 doom. It feels like a boss walking by. And then the whole time, he's like, I'm sick. I am in charge, but I don't feel so good. Oh, and I died. One of the things we haven't talked about with our little thought experiment, if we want to get back into that. I actually have two things I want to make. But the first one is, we haven't talked about the toys. So at some point, we're going to have to like invent shit for them to make Lego sets out of that Jean-Luc can buy. Yeah, the ATMO. What's that look like? So, okay. Should I do my pitch and then talk about the toys as we come across them? Sure. Yeah, we, we've, we've, I've talked too much, I think. This is, you should talk more. Uh, I talk plenty, but I will take a turn. So, my version, <clears throat> I, wrote, I wrote the opening crawl. Okay. Okay. So it was Star Wars. It's Star Wars. It's a Star Wars thing. Star Wars is now. And this is Star Wars. And this is episode nine. Rise of Skywalker. The galaxy is shattered. The First Order claims reign over all civilization, acting swiftly to crush all acts of rebellion. Systems of the former Republic have declared independence and are beginning to fight back, sowing chaos throughout many systems that once had enjoyed a brief peace. Supreme Leader Kylo Ren sits upon a broken throne, torn between the threat of losing his grip on the First Order and his wishes to find and stop his only remaining rival, Rey. There you go. So, <clears throat> camera pans down. It's in space. And you see a planet there. And it'll be the, the Resistance base planet, wherever they're hiding out, right? They're like, there'll be stuff like, you know, Poe and Chewbacca are talking, and they meet up with Finn and Rose. And it's like, boy, we we just, we can't seem to team up with anybody. Like, we gotta, everybody wants to do their own thing, and we can't form a strong army to fight the First Order. And they're like, well, maybe the First Order is just going to blow themselves up at this point because they're just they're, they're big, stinky doo-doo heads. <laughs> so, like, the war front is complicated. Mm-hmm. I, want the, I want there to be a little bit of politics where, like, the different planets are tired of everything. And it's like, you know what? Um, rather go back to the Dark Ages. You know what I mean? Well, you have a lot of these planets that are, like, on the fringes that, like, it doesn't matter who wins to them because nothing is going to change because it's right. all about the local elections, everybody. So vote for your senators. Right. So they're kind of tired of, basically, they don't get any benefit of being part of the whole, but the war comes to their doorstep, and they're, they've had it. They're tired of seeing all these dead stormtroopers and rebels outside the doorsteps because they're trying to get to work. So there are some systems that are teaming up. And basically, the First Order is having a hard time keeping everyone down now because they half their fleet got you know the important people all died, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a, a massive fleet, but it just it's not the same. And now that people know you can just ram into them, it's like, oh great, what do we do now? 
so I want there to be this like this idea that like even it should cut to the the first order people at some point, and they're like, I don't even know, like, do we even have a supreme leader? What's he doing all the time? Like, I, you know, do we even have orders? Like, we're just confused, and like, you know, there should be a general talking about it's like, like we, I could lead this better than whatever. It's like, oh, admiral, don't say that now, and and stuff. And there should be like talk of like splintering off or whatever. Someone should have like a throwaway line about how like there are there are whole like platoons of stormtroopers that are rebelling and they're like they're leaving. And it's like he's like you can't even control your own troops, General Hux. And he's like, I am an actor. That's his name. It's Hux. Yeah. Um. So blah blah blah. Go to Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren is like sitting in dark throne room, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like. Like I'm, I'm evil. He doesn't have his mask anymore. But he's like, I'm talking on legs. Can you hear me? Um, but he's there, and he's like, I'm the supreme leader. Like, why aren't we winning the war? Does anyone found Ray and the resistance? And they're like, No, we haven't. Um, but then what? I wrote my notes here. Um, okay, so Knights of Ren show up, and the the. One of the knights comes up and hands Kylo Ren a thingy, and it it's a it's a holocron. Do you know what a holocron is? Uh, no. So a holocron is like a little. It's like um, I'm gonna call it a flash drive that Jedi would use to hide secrets in. Okay. And you can only open it with the Force. Okay. I'll buy but that. it's basically like that's how they that's how they keep their records and secrets and doodads and stuff. Doodad. So. Um, they, it's like this, like, really old, dirty looking thing, but they know it's a holocron. So they hand it to Ray, or not Ray, Kylo Ren, um, and he's able to activate it. Like, he just holds it out and it lights up red and, like, opens up. There's, like, a little hologram map. And he realizes that this is the map to the Sith homeworld, or there's some kind of Sith secrets. There's something. It's probably good. Uh, it's probably important. Um, and he said, Where'd you find this? And and then the Knights of Ren say, your nose is large. Also, um, <laughs> this was found on a lost trading vessel. Uh, a, a force sensitive act- activated it by accident, and he uh, presented it to us. Like, he, he turned it into the First Order because he knew it was a secret that he wanted to, like, trade in. And, and um, it's like, it's like, you found a force sensitive? And it's like, yeah, he's not a problem anymore. It's like, okay. And it's like I want I want there to be a theme that like force sensitive people are kind of showing up here and there now that the oh. first order isn't like holding everything down and checking everybody. That just that oh, oh, okay. You know how I was looking for how do you tempt Ray to join the dark side or to join Kylo? What if his thing is I found out that the the Sith and the Jedi are holding the force. We can give it to everybody, and the idea that anybody can be force sensitive, it's actually just been like you know captured or whatever by by these two sides that have been fighting all this time and they're trying to use it to one up the other but we could just give it to everybody like what if that's her his motive is like we can just give everybody the force we can restart everything we can fix literally everything and everyone's gonna have fucking superpowers now so but not of, that stupid one of my one of my throwaway plots was that and then the reason why i didn't like pan that one out more was i realized that was seasons like three and four of avatar legend of korra <laughs> Which she like she opens up the spirit world and she merges like the mortal realm and the spirit realm together so that we can live in harmony. Oh. And then it doesn't work out. So she's like, no one gets superpowers, and she takes the spirit world and like cuts off the avatar land from 
everyone else. Admittedly, giving everybody superpowers would be a fucking shitty idea. Well, that's kind of what she learns. It's like, she's optimistic, but then too optimistic, and then she becomes too pessimistic and extra lesbian. Mm. And it's like, what what message are you sending? Like, to be bitter? Like Bitters go in Brandy All Fashions. Yay! Saved it. So anyways, um, so Kylo Ren goes, he's, uh, he flies through the thing, and he, and he finds the place, and so he lands, and it's like a spooky planet, Ooh, and there's a spooky temple from KOTOR that the nerds will, like, jerk off in the theater and get arrested. And, um, and he walks into the temple, and it's, like, really dark, right? Okay. I wrote this out somewhere. Is that the thing you sent me? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to... <clears throat> I'm hopping around a bit to tell it better than because I was <laughs> what I was writing was literally like practically script format, like scene by scene. Mm-hmm. And I realized I'm not writing a whole script. Why am I wasting my time with this? Um. So, OK, so he goes. <laughs> OK, I like the scene. So Kylo arrives in the spooky temple, right? Um. He's 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 exploring a bit. He's walking through and there's these like faceless, featureless statues. And there's like a soft light, but it's really hard to see in there. Right. But there's, like, giant spooky spider legs that, like, pass over him. Like, there's a monster walking past him. And he doesn't notice it, but he turns around right away and, like, turns on his lightsaber. So now everything's, like, glowing red. And you just see the statues, right? And so then he turns back forward again. Um, oh, wait, no. He, okay, so he turns around when he's suspicious, okay? And then he, 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 like, senses something. So he whips around and like strikes his uh his lightsaber down and like he swings like right in front of somebody but doesn't hit him, and he's lighting up like a spooky vision of Emperor Palpatine. And so in my version, Palpatine does come back, because I feel like there would be pressure for more like fan service. So who haven't they brought back yet? It of course they're gonna do Emperor because they killed off Snoke, so they need mm-hmm. like an evil Emperor character. So Emperor Palpatine's there. And he's like, are you lost, boy? And Kylo's, like, pointing his lightsaber, like, who are you? What is this place? And he's like, oh, so lost. If only someone could guide you and your pools of rage and fury. And Kylo's like, do you know who you're speaking to? I'm the supreme leader of the First Order. And Palpatine's like, a broken fleet. Your own generals conspiring against you. Your soldiers running away. What? honor it is to meet you boy and they go blah 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 and they go back and forth kylo gets mad and like kills him like he's like hacking like angrily at him right but then like you still hear him talking like his voice is disembodied and so kylo like spins around to hit the voice behind him and then it's darth vader standing there and kylo's lightsaber catches darth vader's there and then so he has a fight with darth vader but darth vader like force attacks him okay so they, there's like a little mini fight, but basically like these like dark Sith characters overpower Kylo Ren. Okay. So blah blah blah. Let's go back to Rey. It'd be that sequence I told you about already, where like she's leading a fight on some planet, but she's like going overboard. I want that to be like a thing that they. She should have a neat scene where she's like a superpower on the battlefield. Okay. I want that to inspire one of these like force sensitive people that go that get like overzealous and Ray sees like what she's inspiring others to do and realizes that she's just like instilling a cycle of, of violence. Okay. And that's when she realizes that she may be fucked up. 
That works. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I just realized the time, so I want to like talk a little faster now. So there should be a thing where she realizes, no, 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 I have to start talking about peace. We have to like put an end to the war, not just keep fighting. Um, eventually, like the, you know, the two sides will go back and forth. There'll be things. I want a sequence where she's talking to like a potential like ally force that's like we're gonna stop the first order, but they're all a little like war hungry also. Like we have to kill them all to make sure this never happens again. And then she's like, she wants to step in and say, no, we shouldn't. This is where you fit in the Leia stuff where she'll say something about peace and war, like whatever mm-hmm. footage we have. Um, blah, blah, blah. There'll be like stuff in the middle. That's fun. Um, I guess at some point I want it to be revealed that Kylo Ren is basically like, He's succumbed so far to the dark side that he's become, like, an avatar for the dark side. Like, he's he's basically no longer Ben at all. Okay. He's literally just, like, pure evil at this point. I like <laughs> how both of us aren't really redeeming him, but we are going in very different directions on how he's, like, the bad guy. Well, yeah. I, <laughs> I think that he should be redeemed. But I feel like... It, I, again, this is very hard to do. <laughs> like my, I want to say right now, I'm ha- having fun thinking about this, but my version of the movie wouldn't have been better. Well, I think that's the same for both of our versions <laughs> of the movie, right? But, like, but I don't want to. I don't want anyone to hear this and think this guy's full of himself. It's like no, I'm just having fun. Yeah, that, and I, I really enjoyed this podcast so far. Like, this has been a really fun conversation. Oh, I think so. Um, so at some point, I want. Ray to think, okay, if we want to actually stop it, I have to, I have to reach out to Kylo Ren. Like we have to, you know, like either she has to take him up on his offer to, to rule the galaxy together and maybe she can fix things or something, but she just, she has to reach out to him and try one more time. Um, they meet someplace, like she can sense in the forest that there's like a huge imbalance and it's like, okay, there's a lot of like dark energy forming in this area. And so she flies there, and she just knows, oh, he's there, like, from, like, far away. Like, it's a weird sensation, but she knows exactly where to go. So fly there, blah, 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 and we'll have, like, a neat face-off. Where she's there, and she's trying to reach him, but he is, like, not at all himself. So then they start to have a fight. And it's, like, a normal lightsaber fight, and it's really cool. Um, But then we'll, like, crank it up to, like, I don't want to say Dragon Ball Z... But it has to be, like, spectacle, like you're saying at the end of the the real one, where there's, like, lightning everywhere. Yeah. I want her to kind of lose control at some point. Like, I want Rey to have... She she should have her own lightsaber that she built, because Luke's is destroyed. Okay. I really think, because of the first movie, she would have built a staff lightsaber, because that's how she knows how to fight. So she's that got the... cool, too, because it's just a different weapon from what we're used to seeing. Pretty much. Um, I think that would work. Yeah. So she's doing that stuff. Um, sorry. Um, they're, they're fighting. At some point, she should get pushed, like, a little too far. Um, and then, <clears throat> and like, maybe her lightsaber gets, like, cut in half or something. So it's like, oh, no, is she losing? And she kind of loses it, and she, like, shoots out a bunch of force lightning. And it's, like, crackling all over the floor and all around. And it's, like, shooting towards Kylo, but he does that thing where he, like, freezes everything, and it stops all the force lightning where it is. And they're basically both, like, it's a cage match now. 
Oh, man, that'd be fucking awesome. With, like, sparks that are hovering, and every time they swing something by a spark, you see it, like, moving, so there's, like, neat, like, snow particles. Yeah. So it's reminiscent of the first movie, but it's also, like, a lot more violent. That'd be, that'd be really fucking cool. I like this spectacle a lot. Yeah. I <laughs> I don't think Star Wars needs spectacle, but a movie in the year 2019 does. Yeah. So they're fighting, whatever, and at some point... She'll eventually like break through and like, and he's doing new force stuff too. Like, um, like he, his lightsaber should like ignite in flames and it's like even more wild and crazy and stuff. And it's going nuts. And then it's like, she realizes like there's a point where their blades connect and there's like a flash of like somewhere else in the galaxy. And then like she spins around and they hit again and there's like another flash. And it gets to the point where the more they can, they, the more they hit each other. She's, like, seeing war all over the galaxy. And there should be a point where, like, things are going in, like, slow motion. And you see the concern in her face. And then she says, no, this has to stop. And she can hear Luke. And Luke says um, something to quote Obi-Wan that'll be profound, I guess. Um, And then Rey will, like, step back. And then she'll say... Um, if you cut me down, I'll become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. And then Kylo's like a beast at this point, and he just roars and attacks her, and she disappears, and her like double blades like fall to the ground. And he like roars, and he's like just crazy, and there's like nothing. It's just silent, and it's like he's left alone in his anger. Um, and then he can hear her voice, and she's like, um, the Force needs balance. And then he starts getting like dizzy and stuff. And basically, he forces out all the evil energy and kind of becomes Ben, but, like, collapses. And it pans away really, like, slowly. It's like, what's going on? And it should show, like, around the galaxy, like, things calming down a bit. Sure. And, like, it should show people, like, sitting down at tables to sign treaties. And there should be footage of, like, Princess Leia looking okay. Um, And then it should, like... They, they normally don't do this in Star Wars movies, but because this is supposed to be the ending of, like, the nine movies. I want there to be a time jump where we see Ben Solo like in the future. And like, there's kind of like an epilogue that shows that, okay. you know, maybe things are going to be okay. You know what I, I like mean? That a lot. I, I feel like that'd be a really good, a really good, that, that makes sense. I feel like I have a couple more. I maybe think of something to, from, from my dumb thing, because you mentioned the light speed thing again. I really like your thing, not to, like, jump back to mine, but I know we're kind of pressed for time. Um, but almost, like, the turning point where where the ideologies start to conflict is when Kylo's army, like, it's unfinished, the ships are made, but they don't have weapons, and so he's just having them light speed into stuff, like, into planets and into other ships to blow them up. And so it's, like, this army of suicide bombers, and, like, that's, the, that's maybe part of the big spectacle, but then they have to, like, fight each other because it's like, okay, obviously this isn't working out. Because I like the idea of bringing that back. Because I know that was such a big criticism of The Last Jedi. I was like, oh, if they could do that, how come they don't do it ever all the time? And it's like, well, what if what if we just made that a thing? Like, fuck it. That's kind of terrifying, right? Yeah. One of the things I wanted to ask you early on, too, is like, what the fuck does Luke do in the third movie he's in? Like, his arc is largely completed, isn't it? Because he's such a badass when he shows up and he's fighting Jabba and he's dressed in black. He's got his green lightsaber and he's in control and he's not whining anymore like he does I... in the second movie. <laughs> I don't like the idea that all nine movies are about the Skywalkers. I don't either, but I'm saying as far as, like, character progression goes, because we're talking about what do we do with Rey, 
she's got to learn something. And I'm going, well, what did Luke learn in the third movie? It's been a while. Oh, well, so that's weird because it, if you just watch the movie, no, he doesn't learn a lot. If you infer stuff that's kind of implied and if you get really into the expanded universe and apply logic from those stories to you can pick up on stuff like that. The reality is that Luke is kind of like turning dark. He's wearing black. He's got like a green lightsaber. And it's like, well, that's not like Obi-Wan's at all. Mm-hmm. But what is this? He's a new kind of Jedi. Like, what is this? And it's it's interesting because like you said, uh, Vader's like, you should join me and we'll rule the galaxy. And he's like, no. But then the Emperor is a lot more conniving and like tricks Luke into angrily attacking him and giving in to more impulsive urges. Mm-hmm. And there's that great shot where Luke's like angrily beating down Darth Vader and cuts his hand off and disarms him. And he's like, he could kill Darth Vader right now and put an end to it. And he has to stop and realize, no, I'm doing something wrong. And then he throws his lightsaber away, which he would never do again. And it's like, there, there is an arc in there. But it's also a little more subtle. Yeah. And it's also, um, it doesn't have the baggage of like 10 other movies on it. Also, yes. So, <laughs> so I don't know. I I think um, if if I was in charge and we made the movie the way that I would, people would complain that Finn and Rose kiss and that Rose has lines and I wouldn't really care. Mm-hmm. And people would complain that I I put too many Dragon Ball Z references in with the flashiness, and I would go, "Hey, fair point." You know, I'm not great. I'm not qualified to make this movie. Yeah, fire Kathleen Kennedy for hiring me. People would complain about mine, probably because it it would get like too Stephen King esoteric weird because it's the ending, <laughs> and I'm just like I'm written into a corner. I don't know what to do. What if The it's- Shining was in Darth Vader's castle? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm gonna. I was like, what if, what if cosmic horror? Because what the fuck? That's what I do There's, if I don't know actually, what's going on. Actually, I think on. he might have a castle on a snow planet because Darth Vader has seven castles. That's stupid. But he according need seven castles. But according to Disney canon, only three of them are canonical. Huh. But you could you could write in another one. There's precedent for him having multiple castles. You you're not gonna please anybody. We came to that conclusion when we were trying to do this with the last Jedi, which wound up being <laughs> a lot harder than this one because we were, I think we were trying to keep more, which is the problem. Whereas Maybe. this was like fuck it, let's just write a whole new movie. But all I mean, if you're trying to write the middle movie of a trilogy and you only have one to go off of, that's really really hard. Whereas if you have two, there's enough you can piece together and I think make something. And the problem with the Rise of Skywalker is they're trying to please two completely different sets of people knowing they can't please any of them and then they just didn't please any of them. Yeah. I I forgot to show you earlier, um, but I was sending you pictures of concept art of my movie. Did you put these together or did you find these? No, I found these. So after I was happy with like where my movie was going... Um, I had this really eerie <laughs> coincidental uh, discovery. I guess recently they actually, uh, yeah, this actually happened a week ago. Somebody found um, a, a director was asked for his input of what the what movie nine would be about, and so he started his planning on what would what would nine be, and part of that was he had some concept art drawn up, and he kind of outlined what the movie would be like. So. It's interesting because a couple of these pictures are literally what I was writing. Yeah, I mean, I you were sending me really pertinent stuff, and I'm like, oh, wow, he found, like, fan art of this. I didn't realize this was actual, like, 
director. This could have been episode nine. Wow. There's a great picture of Ray wearing dark clothes that look a lot like Luke's dark clothes, and she has her double-bladed blue lightsaber, and she killed a bunch of stormtroopers, but she looks kind of evil, like cloaked in shadow. Yeah. So it's like, oh, is she lost? And then here's Kylo Ren literally fighting Darth Vader in a spooky cave. And I'm like, wait, this is too spot on. Like, this is literally what I was picturing. <laughs> so I think there were there were maybe hints that the creative director mind in me picked up on where like this this is the next logical step of like, you know, just pattern recognition. Yeah. Um I think my one of my my biggest problem with the Rise of Skywalker is that you can tell it was like made by committee and not something that like was from the heart, right? Like you you give someone this movie and these setup two setup movies and you're like, okay, this is kinda gonna be hard to work with because you know, your building blocks are a bit jumbled right now. But there's got to be, like, something that's like, you know what would be cool is if we did this. And it's like, yeah, but no one's going to like that. It's like, I don't give a shit. I want to make this because I think it'll be cool. Like, you don't you don't have that, like, just, I'm going to grab creativity by the balls and twist and see what happens in Rise of Skywalker. There's too much, like, well, we have to have this because toys. We have to have this because these fans. We have to have this because these fans. We have to have Carrie Fisher because Carrie Fisher's fucking cool. But, man, we were dealt a shitty blow there. Like, there's just so many things they had to work around that I don't think would have affected like 99% of scripts that get submitted to Hollywood. I think Rise of Skywalker has the same problem that Last Jedi did in that the timeline was way too aggressive and these movies should have been planned out from the start. Mm -hmm. I think they should have had like a clear, this is what movie two is going to be about and this is what's going to happen in movie three. And they can they can choose to not write the script, but they should have committed to, hey, we have to have this happen. We have to set up this arc so that we care about the characters by the end, you know? I think people assumed they would do that because with the Marvel movies, Kevin Feige is at least thinking a couple steps ahead. Because they, they fit together really well, and they have to retcon some stuff. Like when um in Thor 3, when Hela like, knocks over the gauntlet, it's like fake. You know, obviously, like, okay, well, we were planning a thing, and now we just threw it away but for the most part i don't know that like that was were, a retcon though i don't want to say it's a retcon but it, it was it was one of those like okay we realize it was kind of a retcon <laughs> i mean it's not like they actually treated it like it was the real gauntlet i think that was just a cute background thing yeah i guess it's just but, i think they knew that somebody would spurg out about it um like wait a minute they already had that in the previous movie if you watch the credits or whatever but, you know, the, 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 I guess the point is, is, like, it's not, like, 100% pieced together because they are, you know, if they have to fix things, they will. But there is a certain I, level of, like, we thought a movie ahead. I hate that they just bring back Luke's lightsaber. I just, yeah, it like, bugs me. Of, of all the things in the movie, like, that one is, like, you guys couldn't have written around that. You can't just have Rey build her own. And then later, she built her own mm-hmm. that was on the table. Honestly, having Rey build a lightsaber would be so much more interesting is like a character scene because it's so personal and like what she does makes sense and also like seeing a lightsaber being built on the big screen would be fucking cool it's such a it's such a wasted opportunity also let's think about the marketing the big thing at at disneyland is you build your own lightsaber mm-hmm. and like you know a lot of those lightsaber parts are in that star wars game that just came out where like you as you go around different planets you uncover these different parts and so you can assemble your lightsaber however you want and half sure. those parts are at the at the store 
when you go to the Savi's workshop, there's like and there's a big scrap bin, and you and you find like oh this is an Andorian bracelet. I'll put this on my Chorbel link. Ah, well, I had fun. These I were did too. these were some fun thought exercises. I feel. This is. I think this is a good episode. I, I I had a lot of fun with this. I hope you did too, and the listeners did too. And uh, I don't know if you have a glad space because we're at an hour eight. Well, yeah, I do have to cut out a lot of silence too. Yeah, we uh, we it was one of those. Do you have a Do you have a glad space? Yeah, I have. Um, I have a very Chad glad space in that it's gonna be music. Um, but I was I was doing my thing today where I was like, oh, I need to edit with some music to edit to. I'll go to the atmospheric black metal albums and see what they posted. They posted a new one. And um, I believe the band name is Mula, M-U-L-L-A. It is a band from Iraq. The album was like literally put out a couple days ago. Uh, it's an amazing album. It's it it is really really good. It's exactly what I want out of this genre of music. I cannot tell you what the album name is because it's not written with English characters. But if you go to oh, what's the name of this channel? Uh, to do atmospheric black metal albums, you'll find it right away. It's got a, a picture of an Iraqi lady holding a uh, AK-47. <laughs> it's very aggressive. Sweet. And there's things to talk about because the comments on here are fucking stupid as shit because metal fans are dumb. I hate them. Someone's like, oh my god, some of their lyrics are about how Allah is great. Only black metal is supposed to be about how Satan is great. I can't listen to this. And it's like, you're a child. You need to cut your hands off, you fucking idiot. But go listen to the music, it's good. Of all the, of all the critiques, the, the religious themes of this music aren't correct. Yeah, I, I swear to God, I was like, I'm going to have an aneurysm if I keep reading these dumb YouTube comments. I need to stop. That's delightful. It's only half an hour, too. I might, I might buy this one. I feel like I need to support these guys. Because, like, this is a thing. This band would get, like, thrown in jail if they found they made this, right? Like, Nice. It's one That's of those, metal. Like, That's what metal's about. Um, you could send me that link, and I'll put it in the episode description. So you guys open your podcast app now and click on the link. Three, two, one. There it is. Um. Oh, it's my turn. So I got a glad space. Uh. I wrote it down. Okay. Oh, okay. I remember now. So a friend of mine um bought me a game for my birthday. Uh, have you heard of Temtem? Yes, it's a Pokemon clone. Oh, okay, you have heard of it. Okay, have you seen yeah. it? No, but I, I listened to a podcast of like they spent like half an hour talking about that game. Okay, yeah, I, honestly, there's stuff to talk about. It's right now. It's in early access, and it does show. But the stuff that's there, like the functional parts, are working really well, and the groundwork is like, hey, if they keep going, this is actually a really good game. The the initial pitch is that it's an MMO Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. So the idea is you see other people out in the world, and you see you see their Temtems running around with them. So it's like, oh, that guy likes Blurble, and I have my Dobble. I'm going to fuck him up. So that's fun and all. I feel like they go a little too heavy on the Pokemon inspiration. Because like, the way the world is set up, like it's routes between cities with tall grass. And it's just literally like playing the Game Boy game. Visually, it's very bright and colorful. Um, the 
battle mechanics they're actually like clever twists on stuff like there are it's always double battles so you have two guys out but there are some interesting like combo moves you can do where like i have a bug guy that can poison the enemy and then i have a plant guy that if if the enemy's poisoned it does extra damage but it can't poison stuff on its own so it's like oh i gotta use these two together to like maximize the damage going out um there's also like a stamina system so instead of like each move having so many uses you basically have a stamina bar that you can like exhaust really fast and if you do you can still use an attack but it's like it hurts yourself and you have to skip a turn resting Oh, interesting. So there are times where you want to gamble and you want to like push it to finish off the opponent, or you would rather just rest and you can tell your guy, hey, take a break for this turn, and he'll get back a bunch of mana. But you're basically going to just take face damage, you know? So there's stuff that it feels like a, a slightly deeper strategy than Pokemon. It's not drastically different, but it feels like, oh, this is the new game I wanted to play. Like after playing Sword and Shield, it's like none of this feels new. Um, the other thing, like, I don't think the designs are that great, but they are animated so much better. Like, I think Pokemon I'm needs to be, these, I'm sorry, what? I'm looking at these designs. Some of them are, I think are pretty cute. Or, or some of them are, um, they're not all winners, but if you look at like more recent Pokemon, they're not all winners. Yeah. Um, but well, even we had that, right. We tried to design a hundred some Pokemon <laughs> yes, in one episode and it's right. hard to do. <laughs> we did a big study. Um, <laughs> But it's also, like, even the dumb-looking ones, they have personality. So when they show up on the map and they're, like, they're bobbing around and just their idle animation has so much more life. In Pokemon, the 3D models are just so stale and flat and boring. And, like, some of the attacks, they don't even animate. They just literally, like, Z-axis up a couple times for their double-kick animation. Mm -hmm. And it's like, are you kidding me? So it's weird playing this indie game that has a lot more soul to it. There's also like a total of 70 monsters. So they are going to be adding more. Again, it's early access. So it's not the same as comparing it to like a 700 roster. Right. But it's also like if you are going to trim back, the quality should go up. It shouldn't look like the 3DS game that was uninspired and have less monsters in it. Like I'm still kind of frustrated with that. So playing Temtem has been really interesting because it's uh, I can play it with my friend. He bought it so we can play together. So we can literally do the story co-op because oh, they're all double battles. And it's like, you know, this is just, it works the way you would want it to. Like, I'm genuinely surprised it's just a good idea. So yeah, that's yeah, mine. It, yeah, the, they were talking about the game on a podcast and they, they were like, it's kind of a shameless Pokemon ripoff, but it works and it's got some stuff Pokemon doesn't do. So, you know, if you're looking for Pokemon on the PC or whatever, it's coming to Switch, I guess, which is cool. That's yeah, hilarious, too. Also, yeah, it's very hilarious. So, yeah, that's a good one. Um, But, yeah, it's like, it's literally a Pokemon ripoff. Like, you have a Pokedex that's called a Temtem Dex. And it's like you, you start the game in your bedroom and your mom calls you down because it's the big day. So, you go down and the mom's like, you got to go see the professor. And then you go to the professor and he has three Temtem Rita choose from. And it's like, oh... Like, you're not even pretending to be unique. Yeah. Um, But it's been neat. There's a couple characters I really like. Uh, I want to keep going. I, I also, I was advised to, like, not get too deep into it. Because I guess some of the, like, the early access shortcomings, like, show up more towards the end of the story. And they reuse a lot more assets. So I'm going slow. <laughs> 
but it's it's good. It's like thirty dollars right now. So you could buy Pokemon DLC for the bad game, or you could buy Temtem. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, any closing remarks? Uh, no. I think I think this is a good episode. Uh, cut all my racism. No. <laughs> I can't think with that because these people are gonna be like, "What was that a joke or is he serious?" And the answer is, "You did. It was a joke." You, I remember you, you, Spock always says, "Eat your vegetables, drink your Ovaltine." What's that? What was that Spock quote? Live long and prosper. I was trying to think of a joke line because he has a bunch of like dumb lines. But that was the good one, so we'll go with that. Hooray! Live long and prosper. Bye, everybody.